Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. St. Louis Blues 4, Pittsburgh Penguins 2. Second straight loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins on their short two-game road trip. They come up empty-handed, zero points out of a four possible, and they just did not look good against the St. Louis Blues. At the end of the day, the quick highlight could be Redeem Zahorna looked good in his season debut. Evgeny Malkin had an interesting little two and a half minutes with the referee in the last minute of the first period that ended up turning into a game-tying goal for the Penguins, and that was about it. I mean, when you look at this, the Penguins controlled a lot of the possession in this game. They outchanced the St. Louis Blues. They outshot the St. Louis Blues. But at the end of the day, those opportunities were great, and the Penguins dominated in quantity, but in quality, it was all St. Louis Blues. The Penguins played a lot of perimeter hockey in my eyes. Mike Sullivan disagreed post-game. I thought that they were playing too much on the perimeter. They did get a couple opportunities in front of Jordan Bennington, but here's the thing. Coming into this one, Jordan Bennington, the St. Louis Blues netminder, was 0-2-1 in his last three games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. These two teams don't face off much, Western Conference versus Eastern Conference, and Jordan Bennington's only been in the league for about four years, not to mention that one season that they didn't play at all. So 0-2-1 in his last three games. And there was a common thread in each of those games as to how the Pittsburgh Penguins got to Jordan Bennington. They got in his face. They played in the net front. They chipped pucks close to the whistle. They towed the line on physicality against the goaltender close to the whistle. They were in his face all the time. He loses his his confidence and he loses his mind when that happens. That didn't happen last night. The Pittsburgh Penguins allowed Jordan Bennington to look composed in net. And when he is composed in net, he is a good goaltender. And he showed that last night, stopping 31 of 33 shots that he faced against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that just tells me that the Penguins... They didn't do a good enough job getting in tight and working for rebounds, and they really didn't. And if you watch the game, that was one of the easiest things that you could tell is the Penguins were not working hard enough, something that Mike Sullivan was very displeased about uh, in the game and post-game. The one thing you saw in the second period is after the Penguins went down 3-1, to he took that timeout, and that is the most visually angry we've seen Mike Sullivan in a long time on the bench. He spent that entire timeout just absolutely yelling 
at every single one on the Penguins. And you could tell, even though you didn't hear what he was saying, you could tell exactly what the message was. We're getting opportunities there, but why is nobody getting back into the defensive zone? Why are we allowing way too many odd man rushes? It was two on ones, three on twos, three on ones all day for the St. Louis Blues. And that is something that is going to drive a coach like Mike Sullivan up an absolute wall. But before we continue, let's get into our goal recap here as I bring it up for those watching on Inside the Penguins on YouTube. We have the graphic up now. Brandon Saad, the Pittsburgh area kid, the Pine Richland product, had a stellar game in this one. We'll be talking about him a lot in the next five to 10 minutes. Saad opens the scoring on a tap-in goal that was going absolutely every which way except for the way the Penguins needed it to go. Ryan Graves in the middle of it all, looking completely lost. Tristan Jari over you know, over committing on a couple of different opportunities. And Brandon Saad puts home his first goal of the game. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo both get the assist on that one. Like I mentioned a little bit later in the first period, Evgeny Malkin scores his fourth. He stays hot on a breakaway opportunity right after he came out of the penalty box. His penalty was a poor call by the officials. He kind of put a little bit of contact on Nick Letty, the defenseman, and Letty just fell down. They called it tripping on Evgeny Malkin, and it negated a two-on-0 that was coming up for Ricard Raquel and Riley Smith. Malkin displeased with the call when it happened, still displeased throughout the entire two-minute kill for the Penguins when he came out, gets a breakaway opportunity, beats Jordan Bennington, continues to stay hot, assisted by Chris Letang, and then just absolutely let the ref hear it, who was standing behind the net there. But a one-to-one -one game after one period, and you thought, okay, the Penguins controlled a decent amount of possession in that period. They had a big kill late in the period, and they scored with about five seconds left. That's usually something in a recipe that leads to success throughout the remainder of the game, but just wasn't to be as for the second straight game. The Penguins get absolutely torched in the second period of play. Jake Neighbors scores his first goal of the season, assisted by Kasperi Kapanen playing his first game against the Pittsburgh Penguins since being waived late last season. He absolutely danced Ryan Shea, who made his NHL debut in this one. Shea looked pretty good for the most part, but on that play, he looked every bit of an AHL, excuse me, a defenseman as he got walked by Kasperi Kapanen, who led it over to Jake Neighbors, who had a tap in for his first. Justin Falk also picks up an assist on that one. Then just about a minute and 20 seconds later, Colton Pareko sends a blast from the point, and that's one that Tristan Jari is going to want to have back. Not all too much in front of him when it came to screens, and Pareko just blew it past Tristan Jari in that one. They went up 3-1. to one. Alexei Tropchenko and Oscar Sungfist get the assist on that one. And for the second straight game, the Penguins trailed by multiple goals going into the third period. And in that third period, Brandon Sods opened the scoring for the St. Louis Blues, and he closed the scoring for the St. Louis Blues as well, getting a dagger, making it 4-1 to one on the Pittsburgh Penguins, assisted by Kasperi Kapanen and Robert Thomas. And once again, it was on one of those breaks. It was on the rush, something the Pittsburgh Penguins did not do a good job of defending in this one, something that Mike Sullivan was very, very unhappy with throughout the entirety of the evening. But that made it 4-1, to one, and then there was a... A garbage time goal, but a goal that means a lot for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Redeems a Horna in his season debut for the Penguins, getting called up from Wilkes-Barre on Friday. Scores the goal, gets his first of the season. Lars Eller picks up his second assist, and Drew O'Connor gets his first point on a secondary assist. And that wraps up the scoring recap for this one. 4-2 St. Louis Blues. It was nice to see the third line get a goal. It was nice to see the bottom six, or really just a depth player score a goal because the only defenseman that had scored to this point was Eric Carlson and he's far from a depth player on this team. So Redeem Zahorna opening the scoring for the bottom six for the first time this season. It took five games for them to do it. It took a player that didn't make the opening day roster to come up from Wilkes-Barre to do it. 
but I thought that he played pretty well, and, and with that, let's move over to our three stars in this one. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Because I do have Redeem Zahorna as the third star of this game. He had a pretty solid debut, and that's not just from the garbage time goal that he scored. I thought that third line looked really good throughout the game. They were probably the best forward line for the Pittsburgh Penguins all night long as the first line looked a little you know, disjointed. They were a little dysfunctional. Sidney Crosby just couldn't get things together. The second line created opportunities, but they also gave up a good bit of opportunities. And the third line, I thought played really well. They were the only line to not give up a goal on the evening. And I thought they created a lot of offensive opportunities, not just Redeem Zahorna, but Drew O'Connor as well. Lars Zeller created an opportunity a couple times. I thought that line looked much improved with Zahorna as opposed to Jansen Harkins, who cleared waivers and was sent back to the AHL on Friday. So a good sign for the Pittsburgh Penguins, getting the depth scoring on the board, getting the bottom six on the board, and getting a good game out of their third line for the first time this season. The fourth line, the underlying numbers were okay, but again, the fourth line still looked slow. They didn't look like they were creating really good opportunities, but they were firing it on the net, and that's a good thing. So I, I guess that's a positive move for the Pittsburgh Penguins in the bottom six, but overall, in a game where... It didn't matter because the rest of the team didn't show up. I mean, Tristan Jari had some stellar saves in this one, but at the end of the day, he couldn't make the save in the right moment, and we've seen that in the past from him. The defense did not look good. When Eric Carlson and Chris Letang are out there as a pairing, it's just not going to it's not gonna be good for the Pittsburgh Penguins unless they keep it in the offensive zone the entire time, uh, which they didn't in this game, and that ended up directly leading to Brandon Saad's put-away goal in the third period. So... I will say Razim Zahorna was the bright spot. He's the only Penguin to get a star in this one, but I have him as the third star of the game. Second star of the game, the NHL's a business. These players all know it, but there's still a little something extra when a team discards you and then you play them for the first time. Kasperi Kapanen's my number two star of the night for the St. Louis Blues. He had two assists in this one, the second straight game that a former Pittsburgh Penguin had two assists against the Penguins. Kasperi Kapanen not only getting assists, but getting primary assists where he is the setup man. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a cheap assist. He got two genuine assists for the St. Louis Blues. I thought he had a pretty good game. He created a couple opportunities and obviously he capitalized on those opportunities, getting some tapping, a tapping goal for Jake Neighbors and setting up Brandon Saad on the go away goal in the third period. Speaking of Brandon Saad, he's my number one star of this game. Pittsburgh area kid, Pine Richland kid. He could have scored way more than two goals, but he only scored two goals. Uh, could have had three or four in this one. He seemed to be all around the puck. Had six of the 22 shots on goal for the St. Louis Blues, and he looked really good in this one, scoring his first and second goals of the season. So, redeems a horn of three. Kasperi captain two, and Brandon Saad number one. Those are your three stars. Before we go, do have some final thoughts here, and it's on the third line again. They looked good through most of the night, and, and that is a really welcome sign for the Pittsburgh Penguins because that line was lifeless with Jansen Harkins on the right wing throughout the first four games. The entire bottom six was, but you expect that third line to be able to at least produce some offensive opportunities, and it got to a point where in the fourth game of the season against Detroit, which was really you know the straw that broke the camel's back for Jansen Harkins at least, 
when you see the fourth line being deployed late in a one goal game over the third line, it's not a good sign, especially when your fourth line is Jeff Carter and Nola Chari and Matt Nieto. You don't want to see those guys taking priority shifts over the third line because that just means your third line has done absolutely nothing. And in fact, weren't, you know, weren't offensively good and defensively were a liability for the Penguins as well. But in this one, much, much better. Redeem Zahorna brought some life to that unit. The one thing I want to keep an eye on, what we've seen from Zahorna in his one or two stints so far with the Pittsburgh Penguins, is he comes in hot, he has a good game or two, and then he levels off. He fades into the back, and that's fine for some bottom six lines, but for the Pittsburgh Penguins, they need that to not be you know, the rule. They need that to be the exception. Yeah, he fades away for one or two games, then he comes back with a game like he did on Saturday night against the St. Louis Blues. They need that momentum to start building in the bottom six because this team is not going to go anywhere unless they get a more balanced attack than they've had through five games. It was nice to see the third line get on the board. It was nice to see all three of them get a point there. Drew O'Connor gets on the scoreboard. I thought he looked pretty good throughout that game. Lars Eller looked much better in this game than he has through the first four. It's not saying very much because he looked pretty bad in the first four games, but at least it's a sign of progress. The Penguins are going to need to build on that, especially with what they have coming up next. The Penguins are 2-3 and three on the season, but they've played five teams that missed the postseason last year. Not a great start, but again, as we saw last year, the first five games, while still important, are not the end-all, be-all. Last year, the Pittsburgh Penguins went 4-0-1 in their first five games of the season. They ended up missing the playoffs because they lost seven straight after that start. Can they turn that around and make that the inverse in 2023? That's what we're going to have to wait and see, but it's not going to be easy. They got two Stanley Cup contenders coming into town to start off a four-game homestand beginning on Tuesday against the Dallas Stars. My pick to win the Stanley Cup comes to town, and that is the Dallas Stars. And then Nick Horwat, my co-host on Tip of the Iceberg podcast, his pick to win the Western Conference comes into town later in the week in the Colorado Avalanche. So if they're going to figure it out, they need to do it quickly because they could easily be two and five if they don't get their stuff together against these two teams. It's going to be a tough week for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They need to bounce back. I'd love to see more from this third line like we saw on Saturday. And I'd like to see no other repeat performances because other than that, and then the two minute thing of Evgeny Malkin in the first period, there was no performances that you could take and say, yeah, let's see more of that. So they need to turn things around. I think they will. They obviously always like to stand up for the challenge against the Colorado Avalanche, usually pretty highly anticipated matchups, Crosby versus McKinnon. And the Dallas Stars, you can't look past them this year. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. They've already shown to be one of the best teams in the league. Penguins are going to need to be on their A game to keep up with them on Tuesday night at the old paint bucket. But the Pens are back home, four-game homestand. We'll see what they're able to do, hopefully turning the page on this rough two-game roadie to start the season. That's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. Like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Or you can listen to our audio versions anywhere you get your podcasts from. We'll see you guys next time.